good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat Podcast, episode 24. Five. The old quarter century. Why do I never look? I got mud on my pants. Cause you're just like telling me I've got the number wrong. I think. Joe, well, Fenton's here as well now. Welcome, Fenton, to the podcast. What are we talking about? Emotional eating and. and oh, if you let me finish, the habit loop. That's my habit to interrupt you. <laughs> I push that's mine. But almost, almost like we planned it. <clears throat> All right, then let's go. It's the thing that people maybe struggle with the most isn't it is eating in response to various emotions whether that be a positive like comfort eating could be classed as emotional eating or a negative when people are sad mostly or frustrated angry it's quite a common one isn't it and <coughs> this is why they struggle to get what they want and to look good naked yeah I think again just going back to kind of who we are how we work all our clients um, fill out a questionnaire and it's one of the most common things that pop up isn't it when you say to people kind of what are your struggles you know where are you struggling what do we need to focus on and a, you know a massive percentage of them will come back with I emotionally eat it's a huge problem for some people and a cycle that they don't sometimes don't try to break or they'll try to break using things like a willpower like res- I try to resist it but then they'll crack. I think sometimes when people, when they have no idea about their triggers, yeah, um, then this is normally the one because it's such an ingrained habit. You know, even for, <clears throat> I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, the other week I was like, oh, I'd really like some crap food. And I was thinking, you know, why do you want this? And it's just because you're generally not feeling brilliant. Mm. And it's just a default reaction is that sugar and fat or large amounts of either combined into one will give you a dopamine hit will make you feel good and people just have this as their their endless default setting like not feeling good got to eat not feeling good got to eat any kind of not feeling good eating is the solution and then you see the problems when people are either slightly overweight or just not happy with their physiques or really overweight and everyone is long term unhappy not everyone the people we work with are aren't they because yes. they're, they're, they're paid money to come here so yeah, that's they're, they're, no one's going to turn up and go oh, I'm really happy with how I look like why are you here then? There is, you know, a certain level of pain that's caused them to seek us out or to interact with us and then to actually kind of put the money where the mouth is, put some skin in the game and pay to improve themselves. So there must be some level of pain or frustration that's that's going on there. <laughs> I'm constantly at that point. You know, I've, it's very rare when I go, oh, I'm really happy with how I look now. There's nothing I'd want to change. And I think oh. that that's a common one, isn't it? Is people, it's like a mythical land of being content with how you look of once I get to this point then I'll be happy well A you've got to get there that's pretty hard then B you've got to stay there and then C you've still got to be content with it because your perception will always change once you get used to it you're not going to be like 
10 out of 10 happiness with how I look all the time there's always something well for most people there's always something to work on yeah just to go off on our first slight tangent there I woke up to uh, uh, epic time hop on Facebook which was a picture of me shredding it three the, years ago shredding <laughs> to the bone like I did screenshot it and yeah. like oh I'm so sad and fat abs <laughs> like fucking house bricks um Looking really good. I kind of looked at it. as like, oh god. Did you look at the covers and go, oh no? I went in bed. <laughs> um, yeah, got up. Oh god, I don't look anything like that. I wish I looked. Well, I've still got a beard. <laughs> um, I wish a lot like that. And then I thought back and thought, you know what? I do wish a lot like that. But I'm glad I don't feel like I did mm. getting ready for that because it was fucking hellish. I thought you were gonna say it wasn't worth the effort I don't look like that like mm, I think I no if it. I could look like that it was painless but you know the fact that I'm you know don't mind going out for a meal or having a Bakewell tart after I thought, my dinner I you going to say a few drinks there like you know what I mean or like you know missing out on a day's training that was kind of nine weeks of ridiculously strict dieting um, horrific training I remember nearly being in tears because I'd forgotten the code to get into pure gym <laughs> I couldn't get in it was like half past six on a Friday evening I just wanted to do my workout go to bed because <laughs> <laughs> I was on such little food so yeah anyway I don't know why I've gone into that it just upset me I think it's not always oh yeah it's not, about, it's, it's not as good, about pain will we? it's not as good as it as you think it's going to be but it's still pretty good like there's there's pros and cons to it aren't there but anyway so you know emotionally we'll talk about the, the kind of habit loop because obviously that ties in deeply to emotionally and, and then we'll come up with some possible solutions or things that you can try if you are an emotional eater which I'm guessing you are if you listen to this podcast that is entitled emotional eating yeah I'm going to kick off I'm going to jump in with my favourite quote at the moment which is fat loss is simple but that doesn't mean it's easy and I think this is where people get confused because you were saying we see a lot of questionnaires that say emotional eating etc mm. etc et I see a lot of questionnaires that say things like sugar or alcohol and things like that where people look at like the symptom, but they don't look at the cause. So their issue is sugar, but saying cutting down on sugar, well, you know, I'm not going to say anyone's name, but just saying calorie deficit is not very helpful, is it? You need to look at the mindset. That's the issue. People know what to do. Nine times out of 10, they know what they're eating too much of. Yeah. You have to look at why and then try and fix that. You know, someone said to me this week, what do I need? I need to stop eating so much sugar. Okay, why do you eat so much sugar? I just need to, to sew my mouth shut. Well, that That's is not, not going to happen. Yeah. That is not going to happen, is it? And I appreciate you're trying to be funny, but it's not really, you know, it's not what I'm here it's for. Not productive, as you can probably tell from these podcasts. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I'm all about. And then people just need to become more aware that is what they need. They need to find. I think the the thing for me is just to kind of delve into this a little bit deeper. Then you need to a find a, find something else that's going to give you the same end result. That's going to fix your problem, and then you also need to look at the reality of using food for comfort and to try and challenge that established belief and then to build up proof to yourself. So this is part of relearning a good habit that often, so I've cut out chocolate, I think today's day 35 for me. It's weird because you've not mentioned it. No, I think I've mentioned it in every single piece like of content we've done. a fucking vegan? I'm definitely not like a vegan. <laughs> I'm fucking talking about <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Where was I? Oh yeah, talking about, talking about myself <laughs> again. You've thrown me off here. It was possibly a valid point. I'll just tell my story again. Evidence. So you just have to prove to yourself that the food isn't actually 
going to give you what you think you, what you think it is. So you think food is going to give you comfort. You don't have food on day one to give you comfort, and then you look back and go, "That was a success. I don't feel any worse for not having the food." And then once you've done this hundreds of times, it will become an ingrained habit. And I think people are so quick to go, "Well, yesterday I'd have normally had a couple of biscuits, and today I didn't, so I fixed my emotional eating." Oh, it just, it's so hard. It takes so long. Especially when you've been doing it for fucking 30 years. Yeah. You know, and I've got a good amount of time with sustaining and with practicing different nutritional things. You see people who kind of fresh from not dieting and not thinking about their food or they've tried to diet for two, for two days. Yeah, and then there's this belief that it's just going to turn on a sixpence and it's just not the case. You need to have, it's so hard to say to people, you're being too confident here. Yeah. You need to, be more realistic because you need to you want to wear on that kind of side it's great that people are feeling super positive and you don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer and be like look you're going to fuck up yeah here. you're going to struggle struggle city population you population everyone yeah you know most people but that's what people need isn't it is ultimately need that level of realism sometimes so yeah. can we go back to the habit loop like I said I've got a bit more about my chocolate ten minutes ago have you given up chocolate no so, all habits are initiated by a certain trigger to whatever that is. Um, that is followed by an action, and then that is followed by a reward. So, it could be something as simple as, I go massive, watch out, I'm super cool. On a Thursday morning, I go to a portrait drawing class. That is the trigger. <laughs> the action is, I go and get a coffee beforehand to drink during it so then my reward is I get a nice warm tasty beverage so that could be classed as a habit so when you're you know so whatever that is so if Sandra from HR pisses you off by asking you a you know ridiculous question like oh are you still dieting something like that really fat yeah something like that then that <laughs> could be your trigger and then your action should, could be you going to the nearest vending machine or going to the canteen and buying a pack of chocolate chip cookies and eating them because you want to feel good so the reward is then you feeling good so that's kind of the, the the habit that you get into with emotional eating is something tends to upset you or piss you off or makes you feel angry or lonely or whatever it is then the action is buying some food or eating some food that's going to make you feel good short term short term is the kind of the key thing there the only thing you can really change from that is the action because you will always have there'll be something that will make you feel down and there's something that can make you feel better so it's then trying to change the action because ultimately that action is a short term positive it's going to make you feel a little bit better for an instant 10 minutes later it's not it's going to have worn off most likely and you know the rest of your life you're going to be carrying around an extra 500 calories which you could have saved yeah probably immediately you're going to be like <coughs> or definitely the next day you're going to be like oh I really wish I hadn't done that I'm, you know the usual kind of like I failed I'm so weak shouldn't have had that yeah that kind of so it's that short term pleasure of a long term pain yes whereas the other side of it is to have a short term pain which is not eating chocolate or whatever but for a long term pleasure which is going to be healthier, happier, leaner, whichever word you want to, to throw in there. So you've got to look at changing the action to try and get a similar reward. And you're not going to, you know, people say stuff, don't they, sometimes you see it and go, what can I replace chocolate with? Well, you're going to struggle because chocolate has a lot of sugar and a lot of fat in it. 
So to then get that exact same hit, you're probably not going to get. So you're going to have to cope or find several coping mechanisms as such. So you need to find something that A, doesn't involve as many calories and try and find several of them to make you feel better. So if you look at the marshmallow experiment, which was done in the 70s maybe, when they left a child in a room with a marshmallow and said, if I come back in 15 minutes and you've not had this, you can have two. And the ones who were most successful were the ones who distracted themselves by thinking of something else. Because if you just sit and look at the marshmallow and think about it, then you're probably going to break and have it. So you need to distract yourself in order to not think about how good sugar is. Because it then gives yourself a chance to process that and think, actually, I've been fat and sad for 20 years. I'll feel loads better if I don't have this chocolate longer term. Hmm. Yeah, so this is some of the stuff that I covered in the Mindset X online seminar uh, the other week. Was the people get into their minds that they're going to do you know a three-month diet, but they're going to have to wait until there's a perfectly clear pathway where they've got no social occasions, you know, no work deadlines, no end-of-year things to put in or anything like that. And the fact is, as Joe said, it's never going to happen. There's always going to be these triggers. Shit is always going to happen. There's you, never going to be. You will find an excuse. Yeah. You think back over your entire life and think, have I ever had three or six months where nothing stressful has ever, ever happened to me? No. It's, yeah, it's not going to happen. So that is the case, and that is why you need to develop your skill set. You need to develop a way of coping with these stresses because they're always going to happen. You know, and... The, the idea is you get just get better at coping with them. You become better at handling these stress, you know, these stresses, <laughs> these triggers. And like Joe said, it's about distraction. That doesn't mean, you know, sticking your fingers in your ears and singing a song or covering your eyes. It's because when you hit this trigger, the only thing you can think about is the way out and the way out that you've drilled into yourself. You know, your lowest level of training is going to be chocolate or wine or cake or crisp or whatever your vice is so it's distracting yourself from those things it's shifting your focus and that is the kind of the action that you need to drill and drill and drill and drill and drill and it's probably not going to work the first one two three four or five times maybe but if you don't try anything then nothing's going to change so it's finding what fits for you so it's always going to be the same trigger it's the different actions you need to change but then the reward needs to be something similar and that's something that makes you feel good what you can often find is these things are exacerbated by certain things if you're tired or hormonal you've got low blood sugar basically the first two feed into the third so if you've got low blood sugar and your trigger will then be worsened so you know normally if you're in a good mood you well you've slept well you've eaten and someone says something it's not going to trigger you to the same degree as if you haven't slept very well and your blood sugar is a lot lower so often it's easier if you keep the action relatively similar. So people will say, well, I don't feel very good, so I'll go for a massage. Well, that's not very easy if it's half past nine in the morning and you're at work. So you need to have things that you can do quickly. So often, as low blood sugar is one of the main issues, and I say this all the time to people, so apologies if you've heard me say this to you 10 times before. You've given up chocolate? No, not that one this time. You need to boost your blood sugar. So just eating something, eating anything that just takes the edge off that kind of that desperation will make you feel better. So I've mentioned a lot like packs of ham and olives and things like that because it just it's the same action. You know, you're, you're eating something, your, your stomach is registering food, your blood sugar will go up slightly. You'll just feel better because you won't be so hungry. 
and it just takes the edge off and that in itself you mentioned before distractions that's a distraction because then you're not thinking i want chocolate because you've kind of solved one of the problems low blood sugar really is the root of all evil when it comes to fat loss because we just see it so often people not eating enough nutritious food not enough protein and veg take a shot if you're playing the game then that's what people do so so often need it's not it's like being drunk and you just you make think. terrible choices when yeah, yeah. the sugar's low absolutely so it's a tough one but and then what you need to look at and this is the thing that I've been doing more reading on recently is talking about how to ingrain productive habits is that you distract yourself you have some carrot sticks whatever it may be do some deep breathing exercises you feel loads better is the next day you make a mental note that this was a time that you were successful that you managed to overcome this problem and it didn't impact your life so it's a positive experience people often frame things negatively and it's so destructive as they'll say I'm being restricted you know it was really hard I had to resist I only lost a pound you know they've all these different things that could be taken positively people take negatively and it makes everything so much harder if you're endlessly negative you're probably not going to be very successful if you find the positive spin then everything's going to be a lot easier for you to stick to so that's what you need to do you need to then build up this bank of of positive successes so you know for me now 35 days no chocolate i've proved to myself i can do it and then it hasn't impacted my life the error people then make as we mentioned earlier is overconfidence is that they then believe that it's done that you know everything's nailed on it with there forever well i've spent 28 and a half years of my life eating chocolate one month the other way is not going to do a lot so you need to keep pushing on and keep focusing and this is what we do you know we keep people consistent that's why we speak to people every day because that's what they need you don't need you know the next fandango plan that's been you know created by nasa you just need to do the basics consistently and that's where people go wrong so often well so, actually, so often just to butt in um that's what i wrote an email about like saying how many holes do you have in your bucket because it doesn't matter how much water or what different type of water you put in your bucket if you've got loads of holes in it so if those holes are like emotional eating you know um being too restricted on your diet you know weekends alcohol choices you know giving yourself treats poor tracking or whatever those are the massive holes so it doesn't matter what water aka diet you're on it's all going to piss out those are the things that you need to fix and like I say emotional eating is a huge one for people and it's just it's the one isn't it yeah it's identifying your triggers and it's developing the skill set to realise when you're in that tailspin and how you're going to get out of there because like I said if you're going to eat chocolate to feel good, what else can you do that makes you feel good? You know, something that's going to that's going to be more in line with your goals. Like Joe said, you know, getting a massage, brilliant. Going for a run, going to the gym, fantastic. But it needs to be as accessible as the alternative. So if you have access to chocolate at your work or at home, lucky you. Yeah, and you get pissed off with something, you're going to go for that chocolate before you're going to be able to get changed lace up your trainers and go out for a run cover yourself in oil <laughs> put yourself in for a massage so it needs to be as accessible and that's when you know like Joe said a bit of meditation breathing exercises um, eating something else yeah possibly eating something else um, you know the listening to some music that makes you really really happy is a great one having a little dance going for a little bit of a walk um, writing down 
you know, people that you love looking at family photos, whatever it is that kind of brings you that bit of pleasure. Gratuity journal. Yeah. You know, writing down wins, sending an appreciation message to someone that you love or someone, you know, a friend, a colleague. You don't have to love your colleagues. Or I certainly don't. Or hate mail someone you dislike. (laughs) Give yourself a little treat. Yeah. These are all things that are going to give you like a little bit of a lift, going to make you feel a little bit better and just take your focus away from being pissed off. When you're angry, when you're upset, it's, you know, it's a state and, you know, kind of being happy is a state and you're in control of your states. So, you know, no one stays angry for like a week or if you do, that's for a couple of lexes you did. <laughs> that's by a choice. They're probably just angry at themselves for ever. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> what have I done to myself? You've got to ask yourself, you know, is this a feeling that I want to be feeling? You know, if you're angry or upset, do I want to feel like this? The answer is always going to be no, unless you're feeling happy. You know, and then think, what am I willing to do to get out of this? To not feel like this. But the fact that you're in control, you know, and, you know, we've mentioned on the podcast before is if you let someone piss you off, you're letting them, you know what I mean? You're giving them that kind of that power. If someone says something shitty to you, yeah, so what? They've already they've they've got an issue, don't they? Yeah. It's, they've had a shitty day. It's more down to them, you know, than you. You can only control how you react. You can't control what people say to you. Just go like, hey. And if you let these things frustrate you, then ultimately you're giving ownership of how you feel to someone else and someone else is always going to be in control whereas if you decide to not let these things bother you and I think I mentioned this on the podcast last week like I remember when I was younger thinking but if someone says something yeah. nasty to you then you're always going to get annoyed by it well actually not if you choose not to you know there's certain situations where things are going to bother you and there's other situations where they're not so you need to try and take as much control over this as you can and make sure that you're running the show because then your life gets so much easier to manage and you're not just at the at the whim of what someone else says to you or what someone else does to you. Because it's going to be so hard for you to control your actions if that is the case. So, yeah, finding, you know, thinking, you know, even writing these down, thinking of what your triggers are, thinking about what the actions are that you always take when these triggers fire. And then think about what the reward is, you know, because quite often we'll get some people who just say, like, I don't know what my trigger is. Like, there's going to be a trigger. You just need to look for it. Whether that's, like Joe said, you know, again, coming down to your state, when you're tired, when you're hungry, this affects your state. You get hangry, you know, you get narky, you get pissed off, you want to get, like, when people go like, oh, I just wanted some sugar for a bit of a bit of a boost. These are things that you can handle. You know, these are things that you can handle easily by just kind of being prepared or just making sensible choices. Um, you know, how much easier or how much better do you cope with things when you're full of energy, when you're happy? You know, you cope with stresses so much better little things that wouldn't bother you, you know, like your partner not doing the washing up the way you do it or not putting their clothes away or whatever. He just looked at me and said that like... <laughs> Leaving his filthy underwear <laughs> everywhere. Pissing on the toilet seat. Yeah, they don't bother you when you're, you know, fully rested and you've got a full belly and you're really happy. If you're tired and you're already in a bit of a pissy mood, they're going to piss you off ten times more than they would do normally. So controlling your state is also a massive one. Obviously, that's quite a preemptive one for emotional eating. But then looking at, like I say, different ways that can make you happy, make you feel good about yourself, that don't, you know, that are more in line with your goals, that don't necessarily involve you eating these foods that you know you're going to regret later on. And Joe said a great one earlier about 
you know, collecting evidence. So the first time you do it, you write down, you journal that, like, all right, you know, I got pissed off with Sandra because she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> I always bring up poor Sandra. I don't know any Sandras. So I think that's why I picked her name. I do, really. She's a real bitch. <laughs> she works in Hey Ha. Um, hey Ha. Hey Ha. <laughs> and you go, I did this, this, and this. And actually, I feel great today. You know, I'm so proud that I did that. I'm really happy. I'm so, that's a super positive thing. That actually, what I did was I did 10 minutes of meditation and I wrote down three people that love me. And that made me feel great. And I didn't, you know, eat a family-sized box of Maltesers. So then you've got a little bit of evidence that actually it's possible. You, you know, can to, you can do this. Yeah, to get through that situation. But then, also on the flip side, if you did eat that family size of Maltesers, I still journal it the following day and say, this happened, I did this, and now I totally regret it. Because then you're building evidence that actually these actions that you might take are not good for you. You're not going to feel the benefits of eating a load of Maltesers just because someone said something that you don't like and it is just a case of the way that you ingrain these habits long term is you just build up this huge huge bank of, of evidence that just shows the truth behind it rather than this yeah. perception that you've built that chocolate is going to make you happy and that's sorry just all high calories because that's what we all have we all have this inherent belief that we're going to feel loads better for consuming loads of calories and we just don't I think an important point to mention here is we're not against people eating food off plant eating high calorie food I just think it's a complete waste of people's calories to do it because you're pissed off like enjoy these foods do it when it means something to you when it adds to your life it's so it's almost frustrating as if you see people it's frustrating for me with myself yeah. if I've got for a meal and it, you know I have a really nice time with my missus and then another time I'll eat the same calories just sat at home on my own it's like what's the point like this, I like being in good shape, and one of those things is worth taking me from my goal, and the other one is just not at all. You know, you're you're sacrificing your chance to go out for a nice meal, so you can have some Maltesers at home. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous when you phrase it that way. And it's why I'm all for being positive, and for looking at the the, the plus side of things. Then we also need to sometimes look at our decisions and go, well, that was actually really stupid. Like I need to change this. And that's why we get frustrated sometimes with, or we bring up the idea of people just saying, I'm going to look past this and it's not going to happen again. Because it will. It happens over and over and over. This is not the first time that you've reacted, you've reacted this, this way. Yeah, this, is, this has come about from a certain way. You know, bad habits are built over time, just like good habits. It just takes effort, time, perseverance, knockbacks, everything else to keep going with them. The failure stuff's really interesting because the more you tell yourself you're a failure the more likely you are to, to be that. So you just need to say, you know, I did fail. That This is a time that I didn't achieve what I wanted to, but this is what I'm going to do. So it's, it's looking at things with an open mindset, trying to separate fact from emotion. So the fact is, I didn't eat on plan. The emotion would be, you know, I'm a failure. And you're looking at things longer term. Actually, it's not the case, is it? Everyone's failed yeah. numerous times. That just didn't work. Yeah, didn't work this time. So it's so important the way that you talk to yourself because you see people make or break. You can tell sometimes when people are talking to you whether they're going to be successful or not just in the words they use because it's so marked that you just think that this person can only see the negatives and can only see the failures. They're going to struggle long term whereas someone else in the first seven days, 14 days who just gives you solutions and just finds the positives, you think you've got a really good chance of success mm. here. It's just so important to gain momentum. If you're constantly putting the brakes on by like, I've only done this, oh. I messed up, 
I'm weak, I'm a failure. You know, I you know, I had one today actually, a client who just said and she'd been in hospital all day for a husband who's having two stents um fitted for the heart issue. Uh, a great breakfast, took chicken salad over for lunch, camera with that for dinner. I think uh, I think they had a bit of a lazy dinner dinner they said, which was like an omelette with vegetables, and then it all went wrong. She had what did she have? Some yogurt covered raisins. Um <gasps> yeah, a banana and chocolate covered rice cake. How can you not take that as a positive? Yeah. How is having a banana and some yogurt covered raisins when you've been at a hospital? For twelve hours, be a positive. Yeah, how is that possibly negative? Yeah, so it's <coughs> just switching your mind frame, not just putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect. I feel like we've gone into another podcast here. Putting your, you know, you're all the only person who's putting pressure on yourself to be perfect. And like Joe said, the more things you do right, the less the things that you do. I'm doing air quotes wrong, will affect you. So if you can, you know, not fix but kind of negate these empty calories that you end up eating because of silly situations that you can control, then you can go out for a meal with your partner yeah, and enjoy that food. And, yeah, and it's going to you know, have much less negative effect on your results. The more things you do right, the less the wrong things, you know, the things that can add to your life like a family meal. You know, I spoke to one of my clients and just said, you know, we've got to be aware that whatever you eat out is going to be higher calorie than, say, if you'd cooked yourself. And she's like, I know this, but I don't want to stop doing it. Like, I'm not telling you to stop doing it, but I'm just saying you need to be more conscious through the week when you're making these small slips and having, you know, a couple of chocolate bars and, you know, a couple of glasses of wine just because it's a Tuesday night because it's Wednesday, you made it midweek. Save that for when it really means something, you know, like when it's going to add to your life as opposed to, eh. Yeah, it's there because it's there. Well, I've opened this wine, so I'm going to have, you know, three glasses. That's where the scoring is quite interesting, isn't it? I, you know, I do it a fair bit where you send people their scores, and you often see it where the first two weeks they get five tens, then it goes down to three ten, then it's one ten, yeah. And they've had a few weeks where they haven't hit any, and they go, "My results are slowing." Like, well, no shit, because you've started banging in a load of more calories. It's you know, it's as light, it's as clear as day, and it's just this this slackening off, this relaxing that people just do subconsciously, and I think that. You know, I just totally believe in, in what we what we do, and it's I think it's so useful to have because so many people will diet for six weeks and go back and play with the same few pounds, and to have someone go, the reason you've not lost any weight is because you've been inconsistent. Here's your scores. You know, it's not in a nasty way; it's there. You know, everything we say is to try and help people, and I think sometimes we fall into this this feeling with with battling people a little bit because people like positive praise, and I get that, but we're not necessarily here just to do that. We're here to help you get somewhere. We really like. I love seeing people do well, and if they're doing something that's going to counter that, then I'll probably bring it up because that's my job. Yeah, you know, I'm not just here to say you're doing fantastically. Keep going. Obviously, that's part and parcel of it, but not all the time. So back to emotional eating. Mm. <laughs> so I think to summarise, I think we've pretty much gone there. Is watch out for your triggers, and then start coming up with possible solutions, possible things that you can do to make you feel better so whatever your reward is the reward is generally to feel better to feel happy you know to feel comforted so what can you do you know is that going and spending some time with your kids you know sending uh, a text message to your partner um, you know listening to music that reminds you of kind of good times looking at holiday photos whatever it is that's going to make you feel good about yourself 
cuddling a sausage dog as Joe is now. Mm. You can't be angry while you're cuddling that face. His breath does stink now. Oh, throw about Fenton. Um, so start identifying these triggers and start coming up with possible solutions, and then start looking for evidence that backs it up. Like I said, try something. All right. So I got pissed off, but instead of you know going to Morrison's and buying a pack of four mega nuts. I just went for a bit of a walk and listened to you know a podcast and that made me feel better. I played with Fenton for five minutes. Walked to Morrison's. Yeah, walked to Morrison's and came back. <laughs> because then I've already shifted my focus. So it's not just about kind of gritting it out and you know biting down on your gum shield and using willpower because it's it's not reliable. You know, willpower, motivation are very very fickle. They'll come and go. You know, you can listen to some music and feel motivated. You can watch a YouTube video and feel motivated. Willpower will depend on how hungry you are or you know where you are at the stage of your diet if you're tired or not they can't be relied on you need to develop a skill set that's going to help you need to develop positive habits and yeah make them more subconscious and that's kind of what we're getting at with the building a bank of positives is once you've done something a hundred times and you've remembered that is it will start to become automatic as you will subconsciously go oh yeah I don't need chocolate to make myself feel better I just need to go for a walk yeah you'll know it's true because yeah, you've, you've proven it yeah and that's why it's so important to find the positives because if you just look at it as a fluke or you just gloss past it then you're never going to remember the good you'll just remember the bad whereas if you just ignore the times that you mess up because they are going to happen and focus on the times you've been successful then you'll begin to build and ingrain good habits yes hmm, that's what that says punchy 35 minutes there identify your triggers look at the actions or look at the reward hijack the action so you're hijacking the trigger with a different action and then look for evidence to prove that you're motherfucking right yeah yeah good oh